Hi, and welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring out someone in the RPG space and talk to them about something cool they're working on. I'm Mo, and today we're talking to Charlie Menzies, co-designer of the RPG Don't Play This Game. So hello, I'm Charlie Menzies, so I'm the lead creative over at Parable Games. Um, I kind of handle a lot of our kind of like writing and creative output but various other bits. We're a small company um, mm -hmm. uh, owned by two brothers. Uh, my brother, Barney, uh, is the co-director of the company. Couldn't couldn't be here today, um, unfortunately, uh, but he's the kind of other half um, of Parable Games. Um, some, some people may have heard of us before from our horror RPG that we've done previously, Shiver, uh, which is a play your very own horror movie on the tabletop. Um, that was our kind of first uh, kind of major product, and we've been doing expansions for that. But what I'm here to talk about today um, is a slightly different um, RPG product um, called Don't Play This Game, brackets, please do. We desperately want people to play this game. Um, the kind of logline pitch, I would say, of this um, is, did you ever like get a cursed like email or chain letter like when you were younger, Mo? Do, do you remember that? Is that something kind of it, it, that happened in the States? It did. And yeah. uh, it, it happened once or twice at school mm, uh, yeah. and, and um, elementary school, but I went to a Catholic elementary school. So it was amusing mm. because they said, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it happened a lot. My early days on the internet with mm. emails and Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 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 this, so this was a real distinct memory that I had um, of like these creepy things, like kind of being circulated around. And the idea that I had for this game was what if some kind of entity kind of discovered you and decided to play a game with you, um, a game that could be passed on from person to person, cursing them in different ways. And the whole idea of it is, is that this entity is going to make spooky, strange, horror-filled things happen in your life, and it's going to force you to record them. And that can be writing it down, as is the kind of most common thing um, in solo RPGs is journaling. But our kind of take on this also encourages you to put the book down, go outside, take a photo, take a walk, sketch something, find something creepy and artifacts that you can bring home. So when you're building your record of this experience, trying to outwit this strange entity as you kind of chart your story, um, it becomes more of this big creepy scrapbook and your character can live and your character can die. They may beat the entity, but what always happens at the end of a run is you pass your record on to somebody else, some other unfortunate soul. So that could be um, a char another character you create and you can carry the story on um, using your previous record as a bouncing board, um, an inspiration, a something to base a sequel on, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Or if someone else has the rule book um, and can kind of work their way through the events, you can hand them that your record and go, here you are, um, Mo, you are now cursed. Um, and then you can read through my record, see what happened to me, um, maybe learn from it, maybe take some story ideas from it, and then go on your own adventure, your own scary story of your own and see if you live or die and then pass it on to someone else. So it's the idea of what we're wanting to do is have a solo RPG focusing very much on horror um, that encourages multiplayer interaction um, and community, building a network of kind of spooky stories that interconnect. So it's it's so it's through solo play creating a multiplayer community it is the is the idea of it. And to sum it up, in if you really want a really really tight elevator pitch, as one of our te play testers called it, it's like if it was Pokemon Go, but you're hunting the Blair Witch. 
So nice. that's that. That's a very nice kind of succinct way, I think, of putting what don't play this game is all about. Curse your friends. That's what <laughs> friends are for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd you guys get into game design? Um. So I've always been kind of like a massive fan of games. Like me and my brother played Warhammer board games. Um, when we were growing up, we played chess against our granddads a lot. We never won. He's amazingly good. Um, and, and like we've always had like a fascination of kind of playing games. I've always had a big fascination with telling stories. Um, and I spiraled off. And um, my actual background before this was in film and television. Um, was was my background, so I was focusing on kind of writing, and then eventually, kind of after graduating, went into the film industry and did kind of like various jobs and things. Um, but alongside this, especially at university, I discovered RPGs, which felt yeah. like they were made for me. They were games. They were like had kind of complex elements that you could kind of play around with, kind of mechanically. But they were also all about telling stories with your friends. It was like telling a story around a campfire but with dice which to me is the perfect experience um in in my opinion so i really got the bug for it and to had people kind of like running games uh, for me i ended up running a couple myself um and then i ended up uh, when i left university ended up doing some uh, prose writing competitions and ended up winning one with um penguin random publishing house yeah. which gave me a voucher um and i decided as I was, um, I just moved to London, a load of my, we were all spread all over the country. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy all the D&D books and all the stuff that I need because I couldn't afford it before. Um, it's not, not very moneyed. <laughs> um, and, and was like, right. Um, I remember we really enjoyed doing this and I'm going to try and bring everyone back together and start running a regular RPG night. And then that's when I started DMing properly. So I started and I did a homebrew world. I started doing my own adventures um that kind of thing but that's when i ran into issues my players were having with dnd some of them are um, uh, dyslexic dyscalculer and dyspraxic there were certain touch points within dnd that were becoming really really difficult for them and i wanted to try and make something that was a bit more accessible and fundamentally let us play movies on the tabletop nearly everyone right. in that rpg group was a screenwriter right. so really we just wanted to play movies and play different kind of archetypal characters and that's when i started designing the system for what would become shiver uh, which is kind mm -hmm. of like our big flagship product for playing like horror movies um and i'm really and how me and barney got started doing that together was i basically designed the core system for shiver um, and was just playing it with my friends. I hadn't even thought about publishing it. And one Christmas went up and showed Barney. Barney at this point was running a friendly local gaming store um, in the UK, which he, he still does, um, called Seven City Collectibles, uh, just down the road from me um, okay. now. And um, I showed him my notebook and we were chatting about it over Christmas, uh, um, as you do. And he sat down with a whiskey after Christmas dinner, read through the entire notebook. And then he, as he closed it, he looked at me and said, when do you want to make it? And I said, I don't what do you mean <laughs> it's like this is just something i thought would be interesting and then we started talking about it because he recognized was like that's something he'd never seen before in his shop where he mm. started stores rpgs and stuff so we started working together and he came on board in the design process so he used to play um like competitive magic the gathering and various other games like he'd really gotten into the gaming world a lot further so it was absolutely invaluable for helping me balance rules and like kind of like finding that specific language to make things clear 
um whilst kind of like the story side the structural side um bringing the trying to bring the cinema onto the tabletop was really like my domain so we found ourselves really falling into design of that we kind of filled in each other's kind of strengths and weaknesses and balance sheet stuff around really really well and that's how we got into designing games um was there and now we've really caught the bug for it and are expanding beyond just shiver and we've been doing zines and this is our first foray um into solo rpg design nice uh, i think uh one of the few blessings of the covid era is a, a deluge of yeah. solo <laughs> rpgs yeah <laughs> gamers gonna game um mm. what kind of feelings or experiences am i gonna have playing don't play this game so the fundamental aim i had because i always ask like myself when i'm designing something what do i want to feel what do i want to get out of this experience when i'm mm -hmm. playing it especially with solo rpg now and ultimately to kind of pardon my french slightly i wanted to have an experience where i could scare myself shitless mm. um and and i think that is the aim is that i played various other kind of solo rpgs and you could generate some kind of creepy moments but I was not finding something that was like generating the kind of horror that I really lose myself in and become very twitchy um, mm -hmm. about. Um, and, and so that kind of sense of um, creeping dread, kind of paranoia, um, and, and kind of like real, real investment, I think, uh, of that, like you'll become really, really invested in kind of trying to kind of keep your character alive and figure out like what's going on even though it is you generating that own mystery what we've been finding mm -hmm. like when we've been playing it um is your kind of play if you're kind of pacing it out over a number of weeks you're kind of like chomping at the bit of like trying to figure out what's going to happen to your character next so yeah that kind of slightly anxiety filled anticipation um that i think you find with like the best horror content that's that's the kind of thing i think you should be expecting nice it's a solo rpg so like normally i like to lift up the hood and mm. see how it works but i think it's more interesting to talk about the um the user experience playing the game mm. How does the user, the player, kind of get involved in this game? And like, mm -hmm. what what are you what are you showing them? Like, are there prompts? How does how does yeah. how do I sit down and start like in experiencing this? Okay, well, I'll I'll run you through. So, um, just just so everyone's aware, and I'll, I'll mention it again in the end. We actually have a free quick start for this that's available that plays slightly differently to what the final experience is so mm -hmm. like please um if you go to all of our social medias jump on that you can get a really good sense of the tone of the game um although what i will say is that the events are not randomly generated they're 10 in the, the te there are 10 events that you play in the chain right. to form a whole story um i will say i'm kind of up front and foremost in the book um is safety tools so yeah. there's a very specific reason um for this and i'll kind of get this out of the way first um is that we were very kind of cognizant that in terms of trying to make something deeply deeply immersive especially in horror um of that like safety becomes quite paramount especially as we're encouraging people to like go out to spooky places take spooky drawings and photos and things like that so we took for a, good, a big chunk of the first part of the book we talk about that in a neutral voice 
um, to make sure that that's very, very clear before anybody starts playing. The reason we stacked that on front is because the way the book addresses you from there on in is quite different. So the idea with um, this is that me, that me and my brother were talking about um, in terms of kind of the point of immersion um, mm -hmm. is that the book, we wanted it to feel like it was a cursed object that you'd inherited. Um, and to have stuff like kind of framed in that neutral voice that you typically find rules written in breaks that immersion because it, you generally have that break between story content and immersive content right, and right. rules content. And they usually sit, never the two shall properly meet. With this, what we decided to do was um, have it be um, uh, a record um, written by someone um, it was basically that we suggest in our marketing in the Kickstarter that's written by me and I've disappeared a la Blair Witch style, um, that it's someone who's writing out the rules for you and giving you guidance to try and survive it and do better than they did um, is the idea. So, so it's l the notes that they've left behind in their record to try and give you a chance at beating this entity. So you have this narrator who you you think is on your side has definitely gone through the game before is explaining the rules and explaining them clearly but has a lot of character and soul to it that that you know that you're basically reading the record of someone who's potentially not there anymore you don't fully know exactly what's happened to them mm -hmm. um and then sure how from, reliable they are exactly there's this as well because they do there is suggestion that the entity can sometimes twist people who it's played the game from using to their own ends. So you don't necessarily know if this is someone you can trust. Mm -hmm. Then there is a second voice in the book, which is the entity itself. And we represent this by using different typefaces, different kind of graphical moments within the book where the entity itself is scrawling in the book, not with a pen or anything. It's stuff that would just appear in your record uh, to kind of kick off your adventure so you have these kind of dueling narrators explaining the game but also before you even look at your first um so, so, so there are prompts we call them events um mm -hmm. for us because of the things that kind of happen to you um or to a character i should say um and it kind of like builds up to that so you kind of see like both sides um of, of kind of the entity and its prey um and then you have events. So the way that the, the things kick off um, is you have a starting uh, kind of tragedy of something bad happening. Um, and there are numerous ones that you can roll for and you start there. And then from there, you're basically, um, unlike kind of other um, solo RPGs, they're not singular prompts, as it were. So you have like one thing with one question, you answer that and then you move on. The way I've structured these is they're kind of nearly full page and they're broken into three distinct moments. Um, mm. So they're quite, they're a little bit larger. Um, so kind of one one event feels that has almost like three prompts within it. Um, that gives you that kind of beginning, middle, end kind of moment. Uh, so to kind of gives you to like, be, like create a scene. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's very much, this is where my cinema like screenwriting mm -hmm. brain was coming in when i was like playing and playing around with other kind of solo rpgs that was one of the things i was kind of thinking of being like oh if i wanted this to be like a movie or like i was imagining this like like that um what beats need to be hit kind of mm -hmm. in these what moments that because with horror stuff you have that lovely kind of like ramp of tension and intensity like with, with certain things kind of happening within a scene so and that's kind of what we wanted to mimic um in a, in a big way 
Um, so yeah, so, so, so you go through these events, um, bad things happen to you, some good, although they're pretty rare, and then you will eventually face off against the entity and you may live and you may die. Sure. But the way that you track this is um, our character sheet, uh, which we call an anchor. Um, so the reason it's called an anchor is the person who's giving you the advice in the book um, basically has created a little sheet for themselves um, so they can keep track of everything because the more things the entity does to you, the easier it is for you to lose track of yourself, um, as they put it. So they developed a little anchor, um, as they call it, where they can write down the key things um, that they need to keep abreast of. Hmm. Um, this includes how healthy you're doing. So you've got like 10 hit points. Um, that if you lose those, you're a goner, the entity consumes you, and as soon as you die, you're gone. Um, you're then passing your record on to another character. Mm -hmm. um, but there are six major things as well uh, that you need to kind of keep track of. Um, these are resources, um, friends, uh, talents, secrets, fears, and my brain has just suddenly gone blank um, on the last one. Um, and I'm going to pull up my quick start in the background because I know I should have, I knew I should have done that um, because it is getting, getting on over here. Do, 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 do. Just let me put, pull this up over here. So I've got it for reference. So it's the classic thing in the design world of, I went through and changed the name for things <laughs> about God knows how many times yep, um, yep, yep. Get, get them, get them feeling appropriate and getting to get them feeling things yes so yeah talents resources friends secrets fears artifacts that's the key one so so yeah so our, our artifacts was the one i messed around with a lot so so when i was talking about like finding something creepy out in the woods or making mm -hmm. something physically taking a photo making a drawing that's an artifact gotcha um and they pop up a lot they can be for good they can be for bad um they can work in various different ways. Um, and those are your six main things that are going to be a help or a hindrance to you in some ways. So like, um, let's take friends, for example. So one of my favorite openings to the game is disappearances um, is the opening event. And it's um, basically details about how somebody close to you has disappeared. And what it forces you to do is it forces you to write a name of a friend and then put a big, thick red line through it um, on your anchor because they are the person who's missing. Um, but then through like, you know, a support group or a wake or like a search party, you meet someone who is another friend who you then get to add to your sheet who is not crossed through. But then it, that kind of gives you that impetus of, of what your start, right. that, what all of these kind of starting events tend to do is they give you that starting motivation. It's that inciting incident to, sorry, to labor on a screenwriting term there that pushes that character um, kind of into the story. And then the the, the others are quite self-explanatory. Um, secrets are things that you can learn um, that can be helpful, but they can also come back to bite you in the ass, depending on um, how dark and dangerous they might be. Um, fears um, can kind of come full circle. If you have a dark encounter with a rabid animal early on in the game um, and then animals pop up again, um, your fears... Uh, may be pulled right. into play against you um, depending on how well you've done in previous events um, resources uh, these are things that um, you can you can pull upon to try and um, kind of help you out this can be from like having a car to mm -hmm. if um, your first event is a, as a wealthy um, relative has died um, you may get inherited wealth 
um, right. is, is one of the things that we've put in there that you can use to at certain points and different prompts use that to help you in certain ways but it can be something simple as like having a multi-tool or a torch right um as well there's a bit of resources has quite a big scope um talents is something that that's kind of is very, a lot more personal to your character um so like your you the character you create you know might be a photographer for the local newspaper um so you may be really good at taking photos and it also may push you towards how you decide to record things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um as well and then finally as, as we kind of said there is artifacts which pop up throughout the game in different ways whether that's you creating an artifact or receiving an artifacts that you end up making yourself um and i won't spoil exactly what they may or may not do because it varies wildly um, wow. of that um because sometimes it you know you may be prompted to sacrifice an artifact or get rid of it but you don't know whether it may be a help or a hindrance right so it's ultimately the decisions your character has to make of what do they feel is important? What do they feel is going to be helpful in their story? Um, and it can be, as we have discovered, a wonderful gut punch when you've preserved an artifact that you thought has been to your benefit throughout the whole game and then it ends up stabbing you in the back. Right. Um, so like right at the end of the story. Um, how, depending, how, depending are, on where you land. how are these different choices generated? You, uh, you said you dice roll. Yeah, so, so, so it varies. So, um, so within, um, so we use pretty much all the polyhedral dice, um, for kind of like variety and like statistical skew, and also just to give people like more tactile things to kind of play around with. Some of the, some, some, sometimes it can be if you're up against a challenge, it's mm -hmm. like roll a d10. If you get above a five, you're fine. Um, in order to, or if you want to pass this, you know, sacrifice an artifact. If you don't then always sacrifice a resource or put a mark by a resource so like you can put marks by things and when they hit three then they can't be used anymore wow um, for example so 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 there are certain kind of elements like that where these choices pop up they can be in one prompt within an event throughout the event it can be in every single prompt you're having to make decisions sometimes it will ask you to flip a coin it or it will actually just put the decision solely on your shoulders Hmm. um uh for example one that i do love that is a little late game one is if you're facing off against something that is horrible and of the entity and it potentially is going to hit you and potentially kill you um but you have a friend with you and you have the option to push them in the way <gasps> and remove your friend in order to not take damage that potentially might be a prompt that occurs so, so it's it's all of the is like what we've tried to do is is provide with like as many kind of small, easily accessible things like a coin, basic set of, of kind of um, uh, uh, role playing dice, right? Um, and and also just like kind of your own moral compass, um, litter that throughout the book so it's filled with choices. Because for me, that is the beauty of RPG role playing. That's where the real design spice actually lands is is providing meaningful choices choices mm -hmm. that have consequence heavy mm -hmm. consequence mm -hmm. and not ones that always hit straight away because i think for this kind of lingering sense of horror there is a bigger horror and a bigger like stomach drop moment where a decision you made six events back right comes back around catches um, up with you. and it's and it, and it and it catches up with you and it's sat it can be heart-wrenching but it's also so satisfying when that happens because it feels so kind of narratively potent 
um, when something hmm. like that happens. So, so long, that's how we've designed it to weave all that in. How long does gameplay take? So it depends on kind of how long you want to kind of put into it, to be honest. Um, so with the... So, so when I've been playing, so I tend to do about like kind of three to five lines as a, a, a for each prompt. So you end up writing about like fifteen. I end up writing about like ten to ten to twenty lines of um, prose if I'm writing mm -hmm. stuff down. If I'm then making an artifact as well, like going out and taking a photo, it might take a little bit longer. And that's just for one event because event may say like go and find an abandoned building and take right. a photo of it. Right. right. So okay. so that might be you know. Uh, half a day if i if i want to commit to it but if i want if i don't want to do that kind of uh, like adventure explorey side of it mm -hmm. um you can jump on like something like unsplash or like any of the kind of royalty free sites find right. an image that represents what you want to do or draw it or do it in a different way right. um, and do it a bit faster and do it there so the, the pace of gameplay is very much up to you Hmm. um it's like how fast can you write and how fast can you create spooky objects um right, 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 is right. what i would say but um in our safety tools just to kind of wind back to there we do we do have a, like a check-in system where it's like if you play a certain number of events in a row we kind of say ask these questions of yourself out of game character gotcha. you know are gotcha. you enjoying yourself like are you you know you very constantly like this isn't real it's just a game it's all fine and if that's all fine and carry on playing um because that's a, the thing that we find with these style games they can be very very immersive and quite addictive and we just want to make sure that everyone's fine like right. kind of when they're playing um but yeah so, so in terms of that it is very much kind of how much you want to put into it i think you could play um like the quick start you could play you know in an afternoon i yeah. would say like if you just wanted to you know, take a couple of photos or maybe, or maybe just do some sketches is, is what I'd recommend. Um, and, you know, give yourself uh, my advice to be, if you want to have it be a, a pithy experience is give yourself like a sentence count, like for each mm -hmm. one and like cut yourself off and do it that way. Um, and let some kind of things kind of fall in between the lines, a little bit of ambiguity. Um, and that way you can kind of play it in an afternoon. Um, but but this is kind of the beauty with it is it's it's very modular in terms of how you want to play. So this game can work for people who have got very busy lifestyles and just want to dip in because um, right. obviously you can just you know you can just do an event, you can just do entirely sketches um, and you know just do that and 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 that can be how your record the personality of your record but we're already talking to kind of other artists and people we're collaborating with to show example versions of records of i have a friend who really loves their polaroid photography so mm -hmm. we really want um her to write her play play for a version of the game and do polaroids and then we can kind right. of show that as a starting one obviously we kind of got um artists who we work with as well and we're exploring like doing some stuff with them uh, where it's more illustrative um and then obviously i have my film background so we are potentially looking at doing some video and audio mm. versions of record because i think one of the things we actually realized when we started talking to people that this actually provides a really wonderful structure for audio and video content mm -hmm. that has a narrative form to it that's kind of improvisational um but very uh, kind of in inclusive and, br and brings a lot of people to the table kind of in terms of how you shape that as a community like you can even put polls up for like events 
for your audience mm-hmm. to see like mm-hmm. what should I what should my character do next? Right, right, right. And play around with it. So we've kind of started to realize the more we've put design work into it, the more we've realized how broad the ways are, there are that you can play this. Nice. Um is there like an AP or something like this up? An AP uh, actual story? play? An actual play, not yet. So, 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 so that is something that we're working on at the moment. So yeah. um, we've got a, a quite a few podcasters now where the quick start is in their hands and they've got some additional prompts. And so some actual plays from them will be coming out soon. We're also going to be recording some of our own actual play content, but we were right. very keen on we wanted to get people separate, obviously from us, doing yeah. like genuine actual play content um to, to kind of show what it's like in other people's hands um as well um so yes so, so that will be coming very very soon i i could you you said you know film and i was like this really could make an awesome tiktok series this could mm. make an awesome web series like yeah like i really see how kind of engaging with this in a visual format could mm. or i mean maybe even a blog you know yeah. could really kind of bring people in and uh not just make a awesome game play experience mm. but it, it you know it, it could be quite cinematic yeah yeah, it's it's kind of the the whole idea as well as about creating communities as mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. So so like whether it is people feeding in on what they think, so you know one character should be doing, or right. this chain of passing that curse on, and you seeing mm-hmm. a story organically develop through multiple characters, um, through multiple kind of different eyes and approaches. Um, it's it's yeah i think the possibilities for it are endless i mean and one of the other thing that we will be including in the full game that we're looking at is also a way for you to although it is primarily designed as a solo experience ways to include your friends hmm. um in terms of like kind of if you want to go out and do an event together where you go and do the spooky house right like how do you do that like how do you do these bits one of the things we've been floating around uh, that i want to put in as one of the prompts which i'll thoroughly spoil now um is basically prompt you to have a text conversation about something that's happened right um and then that becomes your artifact is the um text conversation between you and your friends and that could be done on discord it could be done on mobile mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it could be done with notes passed in class like it there's there, there's no barrier to entry i think it is kind of what i'm trying to say with this it's um you can do this with a notepad and a pen and that's all you need but if you're this is really your jam you can really throw whatever your like kind of artistic interest is whether that's video whether that's audio whether that's painting drawing writing photography um sculpture like there, there is so many prompts in here that you can interpret in so many ways to create a kind of train train of artifacts and mm-hmm. story that's very much your own i dig it i dig it man um if people wanted to support you and uh don't play this game but please do uh (laughs) how could they do so um so you can find don't play uh this game on facebook uh its facebook page uh has gone live um Mm -hmm. if you search for don't play this game on kickstarter as well our follow page is now live too Uh um so you can actually follow our project uh which would be one of the best ways to keep up to date with what's happening 
Um, you can also uh, find links to everything on um, our main social medias. So on Twitter, X, whatever it is now, we're um, at Games Parable um, and we're posting kind of regularly on there. Um, we also have our website, www.parablegames.co.uk, uh, where there's kind of news and you can sign up to our mailing list, uh, which is another great way to kind of keep in touch. And there is a website for Don't Play This Game, which has got because of my brother's dark sense of humor is is very funny how he set it up and i'm just gonna test it very quickly because i just want to make sure that it has worked um so yes so if you go to a browser um and if you write don't play this ga.me um you will find the website for don't play this game um and if you subscribe to the mailing and if you subscribe to the mailing list through there um you will get the free demo uh, that that you can that you can then play. So so yeah. So if you just pop your email in, it will ping you um, the free ten event. Um, don't play this game. Like quick start that you can play through, um, and I will say it will give you a really good sense of whether this game is for you. Right. Um, so yeah. So so that would be where I would encourage everyone to go, um, take a look, give it a download, give it a try um you know pass it on to some friends see what they think as well because i will say like with the the full game the level of events the amount of randomization in terms of like kind of when the dice kind of get involved mm-hmm. it's going to be near impossible to have a same the right. same narrative experience twice, twice. ever right. so so there is that replay value and there is that value of that if you pass it on to friends their their events are going to be very different to yours there may be some crossover but it will never be entirely the same when do you plan on your kickstarter launching so our kickstarter will be releasing early october i think october 5th if i'm correct so yes so very very soon in time for spooky season it's the time in where time we thrive we we love we love october we love our halloween so yeah thank you so much for your time charlie and uh this sounds proper spooky as they say in the uk um <laughs> they just put proper in front of stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for sharing uh don't play this game but please do cheers thank you very much for having me thank you thanks for listening to the rpg academy podcast we do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors welcoming more people into this community All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook Or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. 
Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.